and welcome to Octet, a podcast about sound in video games. I'm Noel. I am Nathan. Today we are talking about Alan Wake 2. Uh, yeah, full disclosure, I have not played either of the Alan Wake games, so Nate's going to have to lead us on this one. Um, <laughs> this is my episode. I've played a little bit of Control, which I think will weigh in, like half half of Control probably, which I think will weigh into our discussion a little bit, but mm-hmm. lay it out, Nate. What is what you've, is the Alan Wake? Yeah, you've played a Remedy game. Yeah, exactly. Which will be helpful <laughs> for reference. So yeah, Alan Wake 2 is a survival horror um, game created by Remedy... Remedy Entertainment, I believe, is the full name of their studio. Um, they are a Finnish game developer, if I recall correctly. Um, most well known for uh, Control, which was a kind of third person shooter action game. Uh, and uh, I guess Alan Wake, the original that then, you know, this Alan Wake 2 is the sequel to. Um, their games are. Oh, and Max Payne. They're also known for Max Payne. Right. The earlier Max Payne games. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, as a developer, I would say very well known for kind of these like narrative heavy games that also tend to be pretty, pretty fun to play, um, tend to like feel good. Um, Bullet Time was like a big Max Payne thing, but like Control had like pretty good, people like, I think generally liked the gameplay of Control, but their narratives are also kind of a big, a big part of it. And um, specifically with Alan Wake, that first game, um, I would say it kind of had like a cult following for a long time. I think it's pretty well known at this point as just like a pretty good, like fun game. Um, also a, also a horror game. I'd say it was yeah. more of a third person shooter that was kind of creepy than it was like a horror game. Like I wasn't really scared playing the original Alan Wake particularly. Mm. Um, but uh, this one, Alan Wake two is their latest game. It is a sequel to the original Alan Wake. Um, a, kind of quasi sequel to control as well in some ways. Uh, and it is a genuine survival horror game. Uh, it is scary. <laughs> uh, it feels like combat is very tense. Your resources are kind of, you're like scavenging, you're looking around for them. They're usually fairly limited. There's like safe points with like item boxes. I mean, it's very resident evil. Mm. Uh, and like just kind of the way that the the loop kind of is is structured where you've got save points where you, know, you can kind of restock on items move things around maybe like upgrade things um or at least yeah like switch out kind of like your loadout and everything uh and you kind of go out into these open areas um where you you know fight things explore find you know items and unlock new pieces and continue like the story so um yeah, that is at least a gameplay overview of Alan Wake too. Yeah. Um, how much you said yeah. you said a survival horror? Like how how many survival elements in here versus kind of a more, um, I don't know, simplified kind of action game? Yeah, it's it more than like control or the first Alan Wake had mostly just because like resource like scarcity. That's usually like, the survival <laughs> horror thing. Is usually like, hey, you won't, you kind of have to be careful when you're fighting stuff you can't just be like shooting willy-nilly you kind of got to be landing like headshots you know um and this game specifically takes a mechanic from the first game which is that you have not only like your weaponry like your guns and stuff but you also have light and like light is kind of an important 
mm. gameplay mechanic for for your characters because you are fighting um, essentially like this darkness and it can like possess things uh, and in order to really take them out typically you have to shine like your flashlight on them to kind of like expose them and then you can like shoot them a bunch to actually kill them uh, cool uh, and your flashlight has like a limited charge for the kind of that like focused beam that will expose enemies so you're managing like your flashlight battery you're managing your ammo across like your different weapons you're managing your health because you also have limited like healing items um and you're also doing like inventory management for all this because you have a limited inventory that you can eventually expand as you're finding things um and so you know as you're venturing out and trying to kind of progress in different areas and kind of do what you need to do complete your objectives you know you're kind of managing like okay uh, i'll take like this much pistol ammo and i should take like a health pack but like the bigger health packs that heal more take up more inventory space it's kind of like all of that like that survival piece is kind of the survival or yeah i'm surprised there's uh, i'm surprised to hear that there's um like inventory management and stuff here yeah, yeah. i when i so so control um you know, the game that came before this was, I'd, I'd say, kind of their most, like, polished, most, you know, it felt pretty tight to play, um, but it was very, like, fast, you know? It was, like, a third-person yeah. game, kind of jumping game. around, flying yeah. around. You had, like, telekinesis. Mm-hmm. You were throwing stuff and shooting stuff, and it was, like, you kind of just went for it. Like, you weren't really limited on ammo. I don't think there wasn't even ammo, really. You just, like, reloaded your gun. You could just keep on going forever. So you were kind of just, like, yeah, you know... It was fast. You died a lot. And like you die quickly in bosses. Like, oh, I have to learn the learn the trick for this boss. And it felt very like like a quick, fast action game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think because the first Alan Wake was also kind of more of a shooter that just kind of had like creepy environments and enemies. Um I sort of expected Alan Wake 2 just to kind of feel like that again, but just maybe with like tighter combat like Control had. Yeah. But no, it is like slow. It is like not in a bad way, but it's like very like heavy kind of like intentional combat. Like, you know, you are slowly kind of walking around, like exploring, like checking for things. Enemies pop up. You're like usually not fighting more than like two or three people at a time. It's like pretty, you know. It feels very like Resident Evil, like the like the like Resident Evil like two, like the remake of that. Mm-hmm. It feels very similar kind of in gameplay and and structure to that, at least from like the shooting and survival horror aspect. But where it's very different is just in like the narrative and in just how weird it is <laughs> and kind of just bold it is in everything it is doing. Um, it's fascinating. I can should I give like a very quick like just quick like plot setup synopsis um yeah sure if you think if you think we won't have to get overly spoiler heavy yeah i'll give like the setup for like the first just kind of like what you're doing in the game sure um and we'll do a i do there are some moments later especially related to like there are some cool music moments in this game i do want to talk about at length um but they are very fun to just encounter if you haven't played it so i do want to we'll do a a big spoiler warning once we approach sure. anything past maybe the first like couple hours of the game or anything that wasn't really like known publicly before people started playing it yeah um but i guess narratively this game um you play uh two protagonists uh the first one is an fbi agent named saga anderson she is kind of like the newcomer to this town bright falls uh, which is very very like twin peaks inspired um and she's there to investigate a murder um and 
in doing so kind of gets pulled into um, every creepy, creepy things that are happening in this town, which relates back to the first game. Um, the other person you play as is Alan Wake, who I guess spoilers for the first Alan Wake um, is currently like in the dark place, uh, which um, is this kind of like alternate dimension thing created by some it's not really super clear what it is or how it works but essentially the lake inside of bright falls this town is kind of like a portal or a gateway into this place or like Mm -hmm. a manifestation of it at the end of alan wake one he essentially kind of gets like trapped there pulled into there um so you are playing as him in the dark place which is this manifestation of like new york city um you're trying to like get out of that, basically. Cool. How do I get out of the dark place? And well, Saga's kind of investigating this murder and, you know, things intertwine and, you know, it kind of goes ridiculous places from there. But yeah. that's yeah. Um, the narrative set up for this game. Cool. Nice. So, yeah, I feel like we've talked a lot about music in scary games and just sound, mm-hmm. I guess, in scary games. Does this kind of follow the is the 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 standard uh, blueprint here where like audio is pretty sparse or is it more, does it even kind of follow that resident evil formula where there's music a lot of the time? It's, it's a pretty good mix. Um, overall, I'd say it's definitely, it's a very cinematic, like narrative focused game. So it's nothing like, you know, it's a very sharp contrast to something like the bunker, like amnesia where it's like really, really quiet. There's like maybe ambient music playing, to kind of up the dread, but like, you know, um, it, it, it's more in line with like a more recent, like a Resident Evil or something where there's music playing at, at parts, and especially like encounters uh, and everything, you know, you'll you'll get, you know, combat music and creepy things happening. Um, but score wise, um, it is more often kind of uh, adding to like whatever kind of narrative thing is happening at that moment. Yeah. Uh, and a little less, a little, a little less just kind of, there's always something playing in the background, you know? Um, yeah, I think that that is like, um, I don't have super good, a super good term for this, but in my head, there's kind of like fun, horror, scary, and like, like terrifying horror, scary, (laughs) right? Like scary versus like horrifying or terrifying. And like that, that's like silence, I feel often plays into that like terror more versus just kind of like, oh, this is, you know, fun, spooky, creepy, scary. Um, yeah, I'd say this game for the most part airs much more on the kind of fun side, like like Resident Evil yeah, like exactly. kind of does. You know, it's there's going to be it is scarier than Resident Evil. I will say this is probably one of the scarier games I have played this year, yeah, um, cool. but it is not like Amnesia Bunker level where I'm just like, I don't want to I, I, I don't want to keep playing at some points where I'm just like, I'm so, I'm dreading so much what it's about to happen. It was always manageable here. Um, but there were a lot of like, um, kind of like jump, jump scares with like audio stings and things that would happen or like screen flashes. Mm. Um, just the general vibe is very spooky. And honestly, I can probably illustrate that best with like a few clips. Um, let's, um, I'll start off with, um, Let's look at coffee. Let's, let's let's look at this 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 spot. So, um, this is oh, I'm not gonna say like huge spoilers. This is maybe mild spoilers for an area you reach eventually in the game. Um, basically, you go to this like old amusement park. Mm, okay. Um, you know, a classic horror. Where <laughs> right, you go? Yeah. Right. Um, and let me just play for you 
some of the ambience there. I think that illustrates kind of a good, good mix. So let me share. Locked. Need so you've got this like. It open with. It's pretty quiet. Yeah. But you've got this a like theme playing in the background. Mm-hmm. A screwdriver. You got this like old like Ferris wheel huh. like creaking as you're walking around. Yeah, I gotcha. I think I, I got the vibe. It's a pretty pretty chill vibe. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of the areas in the game kind of follow that. But there's not. It's, it is pretty quiet, but there'll be some kind of ambient thing happening, like you know, wind or rain or a creepy you know amusement park sounds. Um, but you will get um, like any good horror game, you might like hear quiet kind of like enemy sounds mm-hmm. in the distance yeah. as you're like walking around. Like, oh, there's something out there, um, and that can be. That can be scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does a good job, though, of like setting the mood typically. It's like a very immersive audio profile overall. That leads me yeah, to one of my questions. This is something you often bring up. Is is the music here all, uh, to use your term, diegetic? Like, is, is, is everything occurring in-universe, or is there much of, like, a score that, you know, is not happening in-game? There's definitely a score. Yeah. Um, th- there is, like, yeah, music playing, and especially, like, in different areas, you'll get kind of... It'll adapt and adjust, but like, yeah, there, there, there's definitely music cues, especially for some like the bigger encounters and things. Um, yeah. Um, gotcha. Let me play another clip for you of a good, like, kind of jump scare moment with us. Uh, so I might have some music attached to it. Now that I think about it. Sure. Christ! Oh, nice. <laughs> There's music playing as this encounter is going on. Creepy enemy barks, laughing, and yeah. audio. Fi- the audio effect chain, unlike the enemies, is really good mm-hmm. and very unnerving. Like Nightingale. Yeah. I hear more of you right here. So that clip, I think, illustrates a few things. So A, there's like selective music cues that come in typically in those like tenser moments, which I think is pretty effective to sort of rat, like, you know, increase the just fear factor mm-hmm. whenever there's things trying to kill you, which is a good time to bring in scary music yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, also gets into, I think this game's like just sound design generally is really great. Mm-hmm. Like the effect chains on like all the enemies, like voices and stuff is... Pretty nuts. The um, guns all feel pretty heavy and weighty. That was the first thing to shoot. Yeah, I feel like that. The you know when you're when you're not shooting like, you know, uh, weapons that are very high rate of fire and stuff, and that's not the norm. You can have these like super punchy, heavy, even just pistol shots, and it makes every combat have that like kind of tanky, slow. Like I can't miss a shot here because if I don't hit the enemy it's not gonna like knock him back and then he's gonna hit me and like much more tense 
It makes every like bullet fire feel very meaningful when there's like a really loud thunk yeah. or like really loud like pfft, like you know <laughs> uh, ignition sound happening whenever you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I will say this game has a very good shotgun. Nice. Um, I don't have a clip there, but just play the game. You'll hear a good shotgun, some good shotgun stuff happening. Uh, I think that's a good hallmark. Any like survival horror, I feel like can lightly be judged on how good the shotgun sound or feels <laughs> to use. You know, um, and I think. So it has a good one. Yeah. Um, Tell me more about the uh, effects chain on the voices. So are you talking like the the effects chain that is m- making up what the characters sound like or or more in like how the reverb and echo and like dampening and things in the like in a given environment? Sounds? More of the former. Yeah. So just like the so the enemies in this game um, in sort of both worlds that you're playing and like the real world as Saga and then like the dark places, Alan, all sort of like mutter creepy phrases and things as you're wandering around mm. or as they're attacking you. Um, so they kind of, they're, they're chatty, yeah. <laughs> um, which is also scary because you'll be like walking around this like quiet area and you'll hear like, you know, some random like nonsense kind of like muffled in the distance with like this really like busy effect chain on it that like distorts their voice and does all this stuff to it. And you're like, Ooh, okay. So there's someone over there. That's not great. Um, it's just very effective and very unnerving, um, especially especially Alan's um, enemies, which kind of have a similar but slightly distinct vocal chain. So let me see if I can show you that quickly. Yeah, because those um, didn't sound, the ones um, uh, didn't sound, the, yeah, the ones in Saga's world didn't sound like unhuman. Like they sounded like people still. Like people maybe like pitched down a little yeah, bit just to yeah. kind of give them like a little like oh you're you're not right something is wrong here, um, yeah the uh, Al- Alan's are a little bit creepier so so Saga's enemies are like you know essentially zombies kind of right yeah. like they kind of function and look and kind of feel like that they they aren't zombies for the lore but I'm not gonna you know get into the yeah. whole thing there <laughs> sure. um, Alan's are different how Alan's combat works is. Most of the enemies in his place are like shadows. Mm. They don't really look like they look like kind of people are like silhouettes of people. Um, they also mutter things, also creepily. Let me just play this clip for you. Kind of hear them, probably creepy utterances. Ooh, yeah, that's super creepy. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they say, wake, and like, Ellen, wake, all the time. And like, so you'll like be walking around, you'll turn a corner, there'll be like a shadow entity standing there, like, like wake, and you're like, ah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's scary. Uh, the other, and the, the thing that adds to that for his section is that not all of those are hostile. Yeah, they, the, um, none of those seem to be. Yeah. Sometimes they are. <laughs> you don't really know that until you get close to them or you're like shining a light on them and then they get angry and that's a whole thing. But just that like really low, inhuman sounding, just creepy, spatially like aware, like, you know, depending on how close they are. I mean, that's not, nothing like nothing technically insane happening there, but I think it is very effective at just the unnervingness of it all like it it freaked me out a lot in his in his section yeah i'm curious i'm curious what the like the source audio on those is 
because it, it, it kind of yeah. sounds like a vocalized whisper, like a vocalized whisper taken very close mm. and then just like you know compressed a lot and pitched yeah but alan's definitely do they, yeah. they feel very like quiet like mutterances mm-hmm. almost as you're kind of wandering around yeah. and you know saga's enemies are like i think they're supposed to be like people who i think have been possessed i think is like kind of the gotcha. the way that it is presented as the game so they're a little more just kind of like as you said, they don't sound quite as insane. It kind of just sounds more like voice lines that have maybe been altered a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alan's are very like, and I think that kind of makes sense thematically just because he is in, you know, this otherworldly place, um, which also does a good job not to get too off track, but the, the sort of separate audio profiles you get playing like saga in this small town, all like outdoor areas and everything contrasts with Alan, who's primarily in this New York City area, and then going into like buildings and things. Mm-hmm. They do a good job of making them feel very distinct. Not only with like enemy barks and sounds and everything, but just, you know, the New York is, depending on like how far you are in the story, it's like rainy and kind of damp, and you're walking into buildings that are very echoey and, you know, subway stations and all this that have kind of their own thing going on. And there's, it's a good amount of contrast. You know, the, the visual, obviously, but I think they do a good job with, like, the sound design across them, too. Yeah, cool. I also noticed there was quite a bit, at least on the Saga side, like, she was very vocal as you were walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are the, like, do the voice performances of the, you know, non-enemy characters seem pretty strong across the board? Yeah. I'd say, yeah, overall, very, very good, uh, which is which is good for a game where that is, especially, you know, the, the Alan and Saga talk a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah especially there's like this whole mechanic you use with both of them where like every time you pause you go into this like other location like quick loads you into this other map essentially uh it's like a room for each of them where they kind of saga it's like basically a she calls it like the mind place Uh. um it's a variation like a mind palace thing where she kind of like has like a pin board where she's like it's like the that's always sunny thing where he's like pinning all these things all over the place it's like that except it's actually organized and she's like you're laying out this whole like case you're trying to unravel because like this whole murder mystery thing right cool um well murder mystery we're just like (laughs) what the hell is going on in this town um and alan has a similar sort of thing where he has this kind of like he's a writer uh and so he has this kind of like plot structure thing he's laying out because he's trying to like write himself out of the dark place because that's kind of what you realize in the first game, wild spoilers, I guess, for the first game is that like writings that happen around this lake and in this town, like the dark place, like manifests them and makes them become real. Mm. And so he's like trying to like write himself out of it. So his whole mechanic is he has this whole like plot board. And gotcha. Anyway, uh, yeah. The uh, so anyway, that was a long way. But the vo- the vocal performances are good. <laughs> um, they do a good job selling it. Um, the side characters are all very strong, I think, as well. Um, there are some like very funny performances, like intentionally so, that I think are very good. Um, it's got that sort of just like Twin Peaks kind of just zany, weird vibe going on as also creepy things are happening, and it toes that line very well. Um, the two leads sell their performances. I will say that Saga's voice actor is, I believe, English, mm-hmm. um, and she—you can definitely notice the accent slipping uh, uh, as you were playing yeah. here and there, um, which is is what it is. It didn't like super take me out, but especially with the name Saga Anderson, 
Um, there's a lot of like Saga Andersons uh, going on because it's like I think it's hard to do like the and like it's a very yeah, American and, way of yeah. saying it. And push, Saga push is not a typical name. Back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was a mean task to even to like give a <laughs> non-American actor that name yep, yep. <laughs> for a role. But like she's very like she's she still sells like just the overall things that are happening very convincingly. Um, and uh, she's kind of refreshingly like. These like ridiculous things start happening to her, right? Like, you know, she comes in, she's this FBI agent, and suddenly there's like possessed people trying to murder her. And she's very refreshingly like, um, and the performance sells this too, very refreshingly just no nonsense about it. She's like, okay, yep, possessed guy's got it. Okay, here we go. This is what's mm-hmm. happening now. Like, there's no just like, what is happening? She's just like, nope, we're going in. And I kind of appreciated that with <laughs> how she was written and how it was performed. So that was, that was cool. Cool. Yeah, I feel like we don't get that a lot, especially with uh like female characters and, like it's cool to just be like it's not wouldn't be that weird if it was the male protagonist just like takes everything in stride and does the thing but i feel like we don't get that in 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 female leads a lot of the time so yeah their last cool. game had a similar vibe too i feel like uh their lead in control she was very much like well this is kind of insane yeah. but here we go <laughs> kind of appreciate they they kept that going here so good good performances overall um and uh yeah Alan Wake's voice actor, who's the same one as the first game, uh, he returned for it, and he does a he does a great job too. So nice. Does the does their general chattiness get obnoxious at times? I feel like it's a fine line, especially if they're not like well written or always well voiced or just overly repetitive in nature. Like if there's not enough variety in the things they're saying, and they're like oh, they've said that you know three times in the last hour. I like it's getting ingrained. And in, is there any of that, or does it feel generally pretty good? Generally, it's pretty good. There's maybe a few moments I had where I was stuck on something or I couldn't figure out like what I needed to do. And you would kind of, you'd get the like, you know, oh, it's been X amount of time. We're going to make the player character say something as like a hint, but the hint wasn't helping me. It's that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. that, that thing. But usually, usually it was like just complimenting what was happening or it felt like realistic, you know, reactions to things that would be happening. Um, Especially because, like, this game's plot is kind of out there and goes some ridiculous places. Um, So having, you know, them sort of talk and guide through sort of some of this was actually helpful just because, you know, it gets kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. I feel like sound... I feel like sound is a unique set of... um, It's, like, is it kind of unique in that problem in that, like... You know, if you're, yeah. if you're thinking about like how visual effects are triggered or other things that just like happen incidentally or randomly at certain intervals, like you can repeat things and it's fine. Like our brains aren't quite as tuned to notice if this is the exact same, I don't know, whatever, like character brushing something off their ear or scratching their head. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't look that weird if it's the same. But if you hear them yeah. say the phrase and it, you can tell it's the same sample, like twice mm-hmm. in a row, you're just like, Ugh, it's so immersion breaking so quickly. Yeah, I will say that didn't happen often enough to like the samples repeating themselves exactly did not happen often enough for that to be, um, you know, annoying at least. So that was, that was nice. Um, but I definitely, I maybe like combat wise sometimes, you know, like you'd hear like the same kind of, you know, combat like sounds like, like grunts or whatever, um, or things, but even like the enemies, they have a good variety of just kind of the random like voice lines and things they're spouting out, which do a good job of just being also kind of creepy. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. 
there are some very cool music, like just moments and cues in this game that I think we have to talk about just because we are a music and sound focused podcast and this game has some pretty cool moments. Sure. Um, but I am going to do my aforementioned spoiler warning before I get into these because they are pretty awesome. They are very fun to encounter in the game. I would honestly, if you plan to play it, would recommend like just going and playing it and skipping ahead. We can maybe put timestamps or something in the, <laughs> in the description yeah, sure, of sure. our episode if we need to. Um, but yeah, so I guess spoiler warning started yeah. here now. Okay. I think that was enough warning yes. for anyone to pause. If you've made there. it this far, you're intentionally here still. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, okay. So how far did you get in control? Oh, I don't remember. This is <laughs> this was like five years ago or something. Do you recall the ashtray maze oh, yeah. sequence yep. in mm-hmm. control? Okay, you got that far. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this game um, has a similar moment, I would say, to that one. Um, And it's a chapter called uh, We Sing (laughs) in this game. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. So context for this clip, because it kind of caught me off guard and I thought it was incredible. So a lot of Alan's chapters starts off with him in this like talk show studio. Okay. and like, there's a lot of live action clips in this game yeah. uh, as well, where there's just actors doing the things. All of the characters are mocapped and based on real faces of people. Um, fun fact: Alan Wake's actor, his likeness is a separate actor from his voice mm. actor, and so his live action counterpart is like saying these words that are overdubbed by the voice actor. They do a pretty good job with it. Generally, isn't the I voice say. actor like very like? an executive or something like the guy that started the studio or something weird. There is a character. Oh God, a man. Okay. Hold on. This is going to, there's a character. So Sam Lake, ah, Sam Lake is, uh, one of the like big names at remedy. I think he might be the head writer. Um, he also is the likeness for Alex Casey, who is saga's partner in the game okay voiced not by sam like i should say but in alan's sections there is sam lake shows up as himself as an actor playing the part of alex casey who is also coincidentally the name of alan wake's main like detective in all of his novels (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like what is happening so there's like live action sam lake appearing as like him yeah as the actor portraying a fictional version of a character who also exists in like sagas reality. It's a whole, this game is cool. Ridiculous. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, as a relation to that, during these talk show sequences, there's a lot of like, live action stuff happening on one of Alan's chapters. You load in, it's called we sing. Um, and I'm just going to play the opening bits of it here for you. So you can just see what I'm talking about. Cause I think that'll illustrate it, but you load in and uh, here's kind of what happens. From what I've gathered, you grew up nice and sheltered with mama's pretty stories and your own made up fury. And mama gave me a magic clicker. Well, yes, I think it's true and fair to say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to skip ahead just slightly.
whole dance sequence and there's you're playing through this and there's like live action people dancing with like background dancers and <laughs> the choreography this is like a whole chapter it goes many places but um one of like my favorite moments I think in the game this year was just like what is happening and like it just gets progressively more and more ridiculous with things that are happening and you start like fighting people like fighting enemies as this like rock song is playing in the background and it's like also sort of tied into like the plot of the game mm. like they're talking about things that are happening and it's just it's hilarious awesome. and ridiculous but also a good song um <laughs> they released it separately with like a lot of the live action clips from um the game in there and uh it's ridiculous yeah. but very well done wild um, wild yeah a great a great moment uh and i should mention too there are at the end of almost every chapter in this game they actually have like a real like a song mm. just like play over like some just like visuals, yeah, sure. the whole just like song, all very good, good soundtrack there, good choices. Um, but yeah, the Herald of Darkness, we sing chapter in Alan Wake 2, pretty cool. Um, just a fun vibe, maybe like the highlight of that game. Nice for me. Is there any other um, specific uh spoiler uh, mo- moments? There is one, um. This one is very near, pretty near the end of the game. Um, but I'll just play a, I'm not going to talk much, too much context for like how it gets there, what's going on, but basically um, in a similar vein. So that was like Alan's version. Saga also kind of has a fun music moment where basically you end up um, having like a concert in like hosting a concert um, because, you know, music is made manifest so they're trying to kind of like influence things that are happening um and so it's just this big like climactic like fight you're doing as this like band in the game is playing <laughs> and it's pretty good um same band that also performs uh, the alan wake song the old gods of asgard in the game I feel like anytime you've got like fun rock music playing as you're defeating a bunch of waves of enemies is a pretty good vibe. Also some good moments of just sort of catharsis from the, you know, scary music and scary vibes that are happening the whole time. It's kind of nice just to get to a point in each of their respective stories where it's like, oh, yeah, we are now just, you know, let loose. Here's a bunch of ammo. Go kill some stuff. And yeah. it's just like, great. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. No, that, that last scene's kind of got strong. Um, Stranger Things vibes. Like when Eddie's doing the Metallica solo, guitar solo on top of the camper and all like the zombies are coming and stuff's ramping up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this game does a good job of... of those peaks and valleys. I know we've talked about this a lot with like horror games in the past, but I think it, it, it is a good job of kind of ramping up and taking it back down. And there's, those are kind of the two big, just like stand up music moments, but there's a bunch of just kind of cool artsy things and sound pieces I could talk about, but it, there's just so many of them. It'd be hard to, and we've already 
talked at length <laughs> about so much in this game. Yeah, um, those are very, they're very, those are those examples at least were very like not subtle. So maybe that's why they're mm-hmm. so like shocking and memorable, as it just is such a departure. But they're not what I expected. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that I will say, if you do play this game, which I would still recommend, um, there's a lot of just cool, surprising moments like that, um, kind of scattered throughout. Like those are probably the two, some of the two biggest ones. But there's just a lot of cool, cool moments, cool kind of callbacks to other games um cool um just like a lot of like a lot of fun live action stuff um other cool sound effects and things that they do um yeah there's just it's a good it's a really cool game i would recommend nice. um awesome yeah cool to do minor updates let's do our minor updates you go, is it my turn to uh, go first no i think it's my turn to go first Go for it. Um, so uh, this is kind of similar to one you had several weeks ago, several episodes ago. Um, but I've been playing a new cooperative kind of survival horror, survival horror game, but in a very different vein uh, called Lethal Company. Have you, do you know about this? I've heard of Lethal Company, but I know nothing about Lethal Company. Yeah, so it's it's a lot like, I think it has a lot of the same attributes as uh, Phasmophobia. Um, which people people liked a lot, but uh, quick, yeah, it's it's one of those um things where it's it's a game where you and a group of up to three other people are like doing these kind of pseudo repetitive missions where you're going in and trying to um like, like go gather loot and then bring it back to the ship and then take off in the ship before you all die. Um, the fun thing is. Well, there's several fun things. You got, you got to use like in-game voice akin to Phasmophobia. And there's a whole bunch of fun effects chains and stuff going on. It's kind of like low quality. Like a lot of the game uh, presents itself in this kind of lo-fi art style intentionally. There's like these filters that make everything look kind of um, just old. Looks like like games of old, uh, like analog, old analog hardware. Like if we'd kept advancing in analog, this is how stuff would probably look. Um mm-hmm. But then you're also like communicating over walkie talkies in the game, which like go out mm-hmm. and there's like interference and there's there's that whole thing. And you have like proximity chat, so people are gone. But you also then like don't know when people die, akin to phasmophobia, where all of a sudden someone just stops responding and you're <laughs> like, did something happen? Um, enemies make some fun sounds and stuff. It's not a ton, um, but the score is also strikingly good. Like a lot of weird earworms. Um, just the piece I'll share quick is when you order things in game. So after you sell stuff, you can then like buy things to make your lives easier. Flashlights, walkie talkies, like weapons, stuff like that. Um, and the truck that brings it is like, it's delivered from the sky in a capsule. And this is what it sounds like. So, so discordant. Yeah, the the weird like disharmonious bass notes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's it. Um, That's pretty good. Yeah, there's, there's, there's like good good music in the menus and stuff as well. There's not a, not a ton going on, but it's all this kind of like it's they're, they're good, rich, they're they're like high quality songs, but they're all kind of in that like very simple samples, like very just uh, reduced form but again it kind of fits the whole aesthetic of the game very well 
Um, and it's also, there's very little ambient music happening going your, when you're in missions and stuff back to that kind of, mm-hmm. just like you, you get in your own head and become terrified because it's so quiet. All you hear is your yeah, own footsteps you're listening for everything. Your, your teammates, like you're trying to hear what direction they are and how far away. Cause if like you lose them, it's like, Oh no, where have they gone? Like I've got to go find them in this maze. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like crazy quality wise, but the, com- the composers definitely had some fun and, uh, sound design team just doing stuff with like voice and audio in the game and it's like 10 bucks on steam and it'll at least entertain you for a couple hours uh, if if, if you've got a group cool that makes that's exciting i like that more games are doing the phasma well it's not unique to phasmophobia but as a recent high profile example the phasmophobia thing of like proximity audio and all that stuff as a like gameplay mechanic yep um I think that's fun. I like when games do that. Oh yeah, and it's hilarious too when like uh, when when you die in the game, then you can talk to the other people who are dead. So then you can like oh, nice. figure out what happened, and then you're also watching your teammates who were alive. So you're like then watching mm-hmm. the thing that killed you go get them. Uh, yeah, that's one, of my, that's one of my favorite phasmophobia features as well. Yeah. It's like once you die, you can still like see what's happening, and I think maybe still hear what they're saying, um, yeah. but you can't communicate back. So you're just kind of like watching this all play out, and you're like, well. Good luck, guys. It, yeah. <laughs> it gives you this weird pressure, too, when you feel like you're the last one alive. Like, all of a sudden, you know you have an audience like, of three. Everyone is talking. Three people. Like, oh, my God. He's, he's yeah, <laughs> watching you. It's a, it's, a fun, it's a fun thing. So, yeah. It's, nice. it's like 10 bucks on Steam. Check it out. <laughs> What's your minor update? Um, so, I recently acquired a Steam Deck. Um, and I was like, I need a good game to play on this that I can't play elsewhere but would still be kind of like cozy and fun like a good just kind of like travel game or good like at home you know on the couch game or something um and you installed Skyrim right so I installed Skyrim no (laughs) I um so I booted up this game from 2005 called um Xanadu Next which is a very obscure game from a long time ago it's kind of a like sort of top-down isometric dungeon crawler. Cool. Um, gameplay sort of similar to, like, Diablo almost. But it's, like, single-player. It's just kind of got, like, a campaign. It's all... It's almost structured kind of like a Dark Souls or a Demon Souls sort of precursor where you're kind of like a hub. You venture out and come back and sell stuff and oh, sure. update your stats and all this other stuff. Um, cool game. Why I'm talking about it, though, is that it has a really, really nice kind of, like, somber score that I've been yeah. listening to a lot outside of it, which is like perfect for a game, you know, where you're spending a lot of time grinding or killing <laughs> yeah, things I love or just good, running around. You need a good, good ARPG score. with a melancholy <laughs> soundtrack. Melancholy. It's, it's got a, it's got a very kind of like somber vibe. The whole game yeah. does, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit different than their more recent, like Falcom's more, more recent games. They're a little more kind of like cutesy JRPG vibes. Um, feels a little more like Western inspired, but here's one of the tracks that I think is, this is like the, kind of like ruins outside of town, like overgrown, kind of like mossy, foresty vibes. Anyway, nothing like groundbreaking. uh, Times past. It's more melodic than yeah. I expected when you were describing it. It's very, yeah. yeah. That that I'd say the whole soundtrack is actually fairly melodic, um, which I think is kind of like I feel like that's 
I noticed that a lot in um, like Eastern, like JRPGs and like composed by like Japanese composers yeah. tend to be a little more melodic way, than way more. I think that that is in Western ones, which is fascinating. Um, we should do an RPG comparison episode where we bring. <laughs> uh, what? How did this? Like, what, what are the differences? How did this happen? Why? This breakdown. Years and years, hundreds of years of musical evolution across two different right, um, yeah, and just like places art and, at large. Yeah, right? it, we'll just do that in an episode, quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But cool game, cool soundtrack. If you're looking for a nice like winter um, RPG to play on your new Steam Deck OLED, um, fancy. Boot up Xanadu next. Cool, <laughs> dude. Cool. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I think that's all we got. Um, but you can find us on octetpod.com. Hop in the Discord, discord.octetpod.com. There'll also be a link to the Discord in the show notes. Uh, we're octetpod on all social media. And I think that's it. Did I miss anything? Uh, I think you got it. Cool, cool. Thanks for listening. Yeah, take it easy. Till next time. Yeah.